What's it like to share your message with the world through podcasting? What is your method for helping people and making a positive difference in the world? Hi, I'm Shelley Carney, Livecast coach and host of the Messages and Methods podcast. Join me as I share fascinating stories and insights from podcasting women I met at the She Podcast Live conference in Scottsdale, Arizona in October 2021. This series of interviews will provide the foundation of understanding of why women podcast today and how they impact the world through their voice and message. And my guest for this conversation is Adrienne Vandervalk. She's a writer, editor, podcaster, and co-founder of Reva Recovery Support. She created the Feminist Hot Dog Podcast because she is on a mission to show the world that anti-racist feminism is good for everyone. As a sober person, she is also committed to breaking sexist stigmas around problem drinking and making clear connections between social justice and substance use disorders. She currently lives in Jersey City, New Jersey with her husband and a pit bull named Zola. Welcome, Adrian. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited to have you today. So let's start off by giving us a brief snap, snapshot of your uh, your life. What's it like uh, being Adrian? Oh, wow. Well, uh, it's pretty great, I must say. I have had a lot of ups and downs in my life, and I feel really lucky that right now I can say that I've been able to make a lot of changes that allow me to wake up every morning feeling pretty hopeful and happy with where I'm at. I uh, am in business with my husband. We have a graphic design communications company. And then as you mentioned, I'm also a recovery coach and my business partner Aaron and I recently launched a coaching program called Reva. And we offer a movement and meditation based approach toward uh, recovery. We're both in recovery from alcohol, but we work with folks who have a, a wide variety of issues. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and tell us more about your podcast. So I am in between podcasts right now. I started podcasting in 2018 and uh, hosted Feminist. I was actually the host, the editor, the guest booker, you know, pretty much everything for that podcast for four seasons. And it was really a labor of love. I absolutely loved it. I learned everything that I know about audio and interviewing and that format of storytelling from that show. So it has a really deep place in my heart. I got to meet a lot of fascinating people and talk to them about, you know, all of the different ways that you can lead a feminist life. So I just learned so much and I felt like very motivated and inspired to keep going because everyone I talked to in some way shaped my own thinking and really broadened my horizon. So I, that was very exciting for me. And eventually um, got to the point where I needed to put that project to bed because I'm going to pivot and start a new podcast about recovery modalities other than the ones that you kind of traditionally think of people who you know either might go to residential treatment or might do Alcoholics Anonymous which are both very very old and well-respected ways of addressing substance use disorders but they're not for everyone and there's also a lot of people out there who could really use some guidance around their relationship with drugs or alcohol who aren't necessarily 
they don't necessarily need those kinds of interventions, but they still want to make a change. And there's not a lot of support for those people. So we are attempting to fill that niche. And we're going to talk about that on the new podcast. It's called the Hangover Liberation Society. And when are you expecting that one to get started? Hopefully we're going to launch by New Year's because that is a time when a lot of people are really thinking about making a change when it comes to drinking. I see. What was it that uh, made you decide that it was time to end your last podcast? So there were a few different things. One was that, like I said, I was the only person doing it. And one of the things that I really learned through that that journey of feminism is that we, you know, people need community. <laughs> and I think this is something that during the pandemic, a lot of us came to realize was missing from our lives and was there was a lot of mental health, you know, um, decline that happened in, in many of our communities because we were so isolated and because we didn't have the opportunities to, to come together. And so, you know, I really just came to the conclusion that, um, you know, feminism isn't something you do by yourself. And I, I really craved having a co-host or a collaborator. And, you know, because of the pandemic and because I also moved during the pandemic, and so I was kind of even more removed from my community, I thought, okay, I, I need to, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and end this and pivot towards something that I, where I can find someone else to launch a project with, because I want to do this, you know, with another person or hopefully many other people. Um, because I also think that like we do our best thinking in community as well. It's not, um, you know, great ideas aren't like pushed forward by people who just lock themselves in a room and like write down their great ideas and implement them by themselves. That's not how that works. So I think that for a lot, for me, um, it was a very intentional choice to kind of, you know, move away from just being like totally solo. That's right. And serendipity can't happen if you're not out there. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us about your audi your expected audience for your new podcast. Who do you believe is going to be uh, wanting to listen to your new podcast? Well, my hope is that, you know, you know, I'll speak for myself when I, I knew for a long time that I needed to quit drinking, but I was so unwilling to talk about it. I didn't want to admit that I have a problem. I didn't want to own up to really anything that was happening in my life as a result of it. And so what I did is I read books. I didn't really know that there was a sober community out there um, that was like completely foreign to me. So I would just download books from Amazon and read because I wouldn't want anyone to see me read them, <laughs> you know, read them on my phone. Um, some of those books I read over and over and over again. So it was a very sort of private, intimate experience, similar to the way that podcasts are, because you can uh, absorb them without necessarily advertising that you're doing that. And so that was really important to me. And it, and it got me to the place where I was sort of willing to take the next step and then another next step and another next step. And so I, my hope is that, you know, people who are either thinking about getting sober, but have a lot of misconceptions or preconceived notions about what that means for the course of their life. And usually they think it means something bad, that they're going to be alone, that they're going to be no fun. No one's going to want to hang out with them. They're going to be bored, et cetera. Um, and I think, most sober people would tell you, I mean, I don't want, I don't know about most, again, I'll speak for myself, found, you know, I found like the total opposite to be true. And I'm just like, so much happier now. So I want to, you know, there's a, an expression in the sober community called recovering out loud. And I think that that's my hope is that by recovering out loud, I'll 
give other people an opportunity to see that there is life after you, um, you don't, you don't have to stop partying. You just have to stop partying like with alcohol <laughs> basically, or, you know, whatever your drug of choice is, if that's causing you a problem. And two, you know, you mentioned in, in, when you read my bio, the social justice piece of it, I do think that there is a sort of an unwillingness to look at substance use disorders or, you know, um, I, I don't really like words like addict and junkie. I don't think that they really serve any purpose. I don't know that labeling ourselves is really all that helpful. There's a huge spectrum of substance use disorders. Um, fr- and so thinking of people as either like addicts or normal people leaves out a whole range of people who, like I said before, could really probably use some support, but just don't see themselves in either one of those descriptions. So they're just like, well, I guess I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing, you know, and that's, you know, that, that is very limiting. So my hope is that those people in the, you know, in the middle of that spectrum will recognize that there are, there is another way Mm -hmm. that they don't have to keep living like that if that's not serving them. Helping them become aware of their um, behaviors and, and that they're not alone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How long? You said you started podcasting in 2018. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah, actually, this month is, um, and it was actually the same month that I quit drinking. Which is, I'm I'm speaking about that tomorrow. I didn't. That was not like an intentional connection, but I do see podcasting as a tool for recovery. Actually, and my my co presenter. Um, you know, feels the same way her podcast is about. Hers is specifically about being in recovery. Mine was not, although I did have some episodes about that. But we both found that, you know, a lot of things that you have to do to make a podcast successful are things that people with substance use disorders are not very good at. Like you have to be really organized. You have to follow through. You have to be consistent. You have to be a good communicator. You have to kind of learn to trust yourself and your voice. And so those are things that, you know, are very, how do I want to say that? Th- that can be really, really hard to do when, when you're also trying to sort of battle an addiction or, or a substance use disorder. So t- for me, I, f- I feel like it really accelerated my own recovery to become a podcaster. Mm-hmm. So your presentation, or is it going to be uh, personal stories or do you have takeaways for people mm-hmm. or are you waiting for questions? What, what's it going to be like? Yeah, all of the above. So Cynthia is going to tell her story. I'm going to tell a little bit about my story. And then we're going to talk about some of the things that I just said about um, why we think, well, first of all, what recovery out loud means and why we've sort of chosen to do this for the entire world to listen to if they so desire. And two, you know, why um, we think that having a creative project like this, where you're putting, you know, having an idea and putting it out there in the world is enormously empowering. And if you sort of are coming from a place of disempowerment, that can make a huge difference. So being vulnerable like that is attractive, because it helps other people who are listening to you to understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. And uh, at the same time, you're going to attract those people who maybe they're just a little angry or they want to lash out at you and they see you're vulnerable. So they'll take advantage of that. So how do you handle something like that when you have uh, listeners or somebody coming at you uh, on the internet um, after you've been vulnerable like that? Mm. Well, you know, that hasn't happened to me in terms of recovery yet. Although I think you're right. I think that that probably is coming. When I was doing the Feminist Hot Dog podcast, I did have some 
negativity and pushback about that show because we dealt with a lot of really political issues that are, you know, especially these days can be very polarizing. And so, you know, I, I do really believe in listening, but I don't believe in giving people a platform to just sit, talk for the sake of talking, or, you know, I I don't necessarily believe in like giving, airing, um, both sides of an argument about which I feel like there really aren't two sides. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm really necessarily making the most sense about that, but, um, so I will engage with people who are willing to like engage respectfully and in good faith. But if, you know, if it's just kind of trolling behavior or people who are making bad faith arguments or people who are just looking for a platform to spew something that's kind of hurtful because like you said, they're angry or whatever, bored, (laughs) Um, that I have no tolerance for. And I, I usually just either ignore it or block people. And that's kind of how I choose to handle that. Yeah, good. It's good to have a plan ahead of time mm-hmm. because things like that can happen. Yeah. And you don't want to be taken unaware, um, you know, because then it can sidetrack you. And it, yeah, yeah yep. absolutely. Um, what made you decide to start a podcast on, on uh, recovery? Was it completely about you wanting to share your personal story or was there more? So I think, you know, part of it was we felt like it would be a good way to um, generate more interest in the business. You know, I think a lot of small businesses do start podcasts for that reason. And also because there is such a robust conversation happening in the recovery community right now, I think there is a, has been kind of an awakening in the last few years about the way that alcohol in particular is marketed and marketed to women. There's a lot of awareness among um, about, for example, like mommy wine culture, which everybody thinks is really, really funny. And you can find all kinds of aprons and dish towels and mugs and all you know, can find baby bottle wine glasses. I mean, it's just the, the marketing is sort of bananas. And it's all basically um, set up to say like, oh, isn't it so funny that like being a mother is so stressful and, um, and difficult in our culture that like, you have to drink to be able to survive it. And and I don't think that's funny at all. I think that's actually a commentary on the fact that like we can't afford childcare that we, you know, women are um, in many cases, you know, working all day. And then in, this is, became very obvious during COVID, you know, we're being really expected to kind of carry the household as well. And then also homeschool their children when they couldn't go to school. I mean, it was, it's been a, a very, very taxing and difficult time. The majority of women who lost their jobs during COVID uh, were, or excuse me, majority of um, workers who lost their job during jobs during COVID were women. So I think making light of the fact that we're turning to substances to survive our lives is not the answer. I think fix, fixing our systems <laughs> is really where we need to be um, to be focusing. And uh, I I I get it that like it's light it's meant to be lighthearted, but it's actually I think covering up something that's really sort of traumatic. Um, and if you are that person, right, who's um, feeling so stressed out and then drowning two bottles of wine a night and feeling like a bad mom, um, and then everybody's like making jokes about it, you're just like, oh, okay, well, I guess this is normal. And it's really not. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's not inside, but it, you can't express it because the culture says it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. What message do you hope your audience will hear and understand 
when they listen to your podcast? I hope they hear that if they feel like drinking is not serving them, they don't have to explain to anybody why they might decide to take a break. That it doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with them. Alcohol is an addictive substance. If you drink enough of it, you will get addicted to it. It doesn't mean anything uh, that there's like anything wrong with you or that you are a certain kind of person. That is literally the nature of the substance. If you, you know, and that alcohol affects different people differently. So if you go out with your sister and you have three glasses of wine and can't get out of bed the next day or, you know, do something really inappropriate or, you know, what X, Y, Z, and your sister is fine. Again, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Different people's metabolisms, different people's genetic makeups, different people just have different responses to alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, there's a really another, I would like to shout out another podcast that I think does a great job explaining this. It's called Sober Powered. And the host, um, Jill, I don't know how she pronounces her last name. Uh, but she's a, it's T-I-E-T-Z. She's a scientist and she explains the science Mm -hmm. of what happens in your body when you drink and when you stop drinking. And it's quite fascinating and quite illuminating and goes against what I think a lot of us grew up believing about substance use disorders and alcoholism in particular. So that's what I hope that they take away. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll try to get that uh, information into the show notes so people can look her up as well. Uh, let's move into supporting other women. Uh, why is it important for women to participate in podcasting? Well, I I think this goes back to just the idea of getting really used to owning your own voice and recognizing that you you know are capable of having an idea and putting it out there into the world. I think that the the way that podcasting opens up platforms and opportunities to create connections and we and and what i've seen in terms of the way that women podcasters in particular lift each other up and network and create community back to the the value of community is so incredibly inspiring and powerful and i i do think that it also encourages us to be lifelong learners you know that we're coming at our respective shows usually with a lot of passion for the topic, but a lot of curiosity and, you know, wanting to learn more. And I think that's really great. There's a, I don't know who said this, but I just heard a quote recently that if you are a learned person, you are an expert in the world as it was basically when you graduated from college um, or when you got your degree. If you are a learner, you know, the world is yours because you can continue to be an expert in the way that the world is growing and changing all around you and you can grow and change with it. And podcasting is an amazing tool to, to be able to stay a lifelong learner, I think. That, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about that. Um, see, you taught me something. I'm, I'm learning. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> and speaking of learning, uh, what advice would you give an as- aspiring women podcasters? Well, I really agree with the you know, you, you hear a lot of advice that to not wait until you have everything perfect before you start creating episodes. I took that idea a little bit too far. And I kind of had the idea on a Wednesday and, and recorded my first episode on a Sunday and did not really figure out my audio life for quite a while. And that hurt me. I think I listened back to that first season and like, great, conversations, great guests, but bad audio. And so I really struggled with that. And I, you know, 
it's coming to she podcast was so eye opening because I was able to meet people um, who were really gave me like I use Descript. I don't know if it's okay mm-hmm. to say that on here, but mm-hmm. um, which allowed me to start editing my own podcast, which was also a total game changer in terms of helping my own delivery be better, helping me um, just feel much more empowered in, in terms of the production and how the story came together because I wasn't relying on an, another person. And so, you know, just learning little ways to be able to improve slowly over time um, was was huge for me. So I think if there's a way, I don't think you have to spend a lot of money, but I do think it's really important to get some good advice and, and get um, a good handle on, you know, what are the components of making sure that your audio is as good as possible from the beginning, because otherwise you can, you can put a lot of effort into a show that, um, a lot of people won't listen to because the audio, you know, is, doesn't sound good in their ears. Yeah. And people have higher expectations nowadays because so many people put out such high quality podcasts Mm -hmm. and, and it's become expected that, that anybody can do that. Um, what ways has your life, you, you mentioned that um, you sort of stopped uh, substance abuse at the same time you started podcasting. So thinking back, in what ways has your life changed uh, since you began podcasting? Well, my life is actually totally different now. I st- when I started, I was in a traditional nine to five job. Now I'm an entrepreneur. When I started, I lived in the deep south, which I actually really loved and, and missed quite a bit. Um, now I live in New Jersey. I, you know, I wrote a book. Uh, you know, I've, I really think that it in many ways opened my eyes to the possibilities of existing and having a life outside of the traditional workforce, the kind of nine to five, um, paycheck sort of workforce. And I mean, I never got paid to podcast, but I did, um, it did sort of like give me a lot of skills that I was then able to parlay into some other entrepreneurial opportunities. And so that's been, I, again, very, I, I think I've used the word empowering a number of times, but I think it gave me a lot more confidence. And it also gave me a belief that, you know, there are people out there who want to help you, who will answer your questions and, um, and, it, you know, sometimes people will say no or not return your emails, but it, it's, that's fine. You know, <laughs> you're not the majority. The, right. Yeah. The most generally people are very kind and, and willing. So um, I think just in terms of feeling more expansive about like being willing to, to reach out and tap into other communities and other people and other resources, that's definitely changed for me too. Tell us a little more about your book. What's it called and what's it about? So the book is based on the first um, three seasons of Feminist Hot Dog, and it is really about my own feminist journey. So I, you know, identified as a feminist from a very, you know, as a, as a very young woman, and my, um, not necessarily my beliefs about feminism, but I, I didn't, I was, I had a very sort of shallow understanding of what that meant. And so as I learned over time and do in, in doing the podcast and speaking with so many other feminists and becoming more, uh, I guess, exposed to a lot of different ideas, I started to, I started to better understand that feminism really needs to be both an ideology and a practice, a practice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had a, I had a wonderful feminist coach named Lucy Segu, and she would always challenge me to say, what do you want your 
to, to answer the question, what do you want your feminism to do? It's not enough to just be a feminist and say, oh, well, everything I do is feminist because I'm a feminist. It's like, well, what do you, what is your feminist project in the world? And I think my feminist project in the world is talking about substance use disorder through a feminist lens because I haven't seen that um, a lot. There's, there's a few, there's people doing it more now more discussions about um, intersectionality and substance use disorder happening. Um, Holly Whitaker is, is one who, she wrote a great book called Quit Like a Woman, and she's the founder of Tempest. And, you know, so she's someone I really look up to. And there are a few others, but it's not the norm uh, in terms of the way that we usually talk about that. So, I, yeah, so that's really my feminist project. And I outlined that whole evolution in the book. And it's called? Well, I... I think I'm just going to call it feminist hot dog. Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> so if I come up with something better, I'll let you know. <laughs> Did you publish it? Not yet. I'm going oh, to be self-publishing it hopefully in January. I see. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, we'll we'll look for that. Make Thank sure you. Uh, when you when you do, uh, you send us that link so that we can add that to the show notes. Oh, in the absolutely. Future. Thank yeah. you. What? Tell us about Reva Recovery, your business, and what you're doing with your husband and with your new partner, Erin. Yeah, oh. yeah, absolutely. So um, so Reva is a coaching program, and it it is really based on the idea that everyone's recovery journey is unique. Everyone has, I, I believe, has the strength inside of them to recover, but they just need the support in, in order to be able to do that. And so what we do is really spend time the the program looks deeply at your relationship with yourself and particularly your body. So I think one thing that sets us apart is that we're very focused on body-mind integration. So movement classes are built into the program. I teach yoga. Erin teaches Pilates. Um, all of our students are uh, supported in establishing a daily meditation practice that is, again, focused on body-mind integration. So I think a lot of times when people experience substance use disorders, they become very detached from their body. So our goal is to help them, you know, reconnect and to also, you know, love their bodies and feel good about their bodies and, and feel, um, connected to them because if they've been, you know, really hard on themselves physically, sometimes that's hard to do. Then we also focus on your interpersonal relationships. So your boundaries, how you respect other people's boundaries, how you communicate. Relationships often change when people get sober and, and sometimes that can be really, really challenging. And so, you know, we, we give them some tools to be able to navigate that. And then we also talk about you within the context of the greater society. So what messages do you get about your identity? What beliefs do you carry about sort of how you move through the world? Um, how are you, uh, how do you respond to other people's substance use? How do you respond to other people's bodies? And how can we help sort of reprogram ourselves? And with some of the, you know, the garbage messages that, that we carry around. And that's, an, that's absolutely possible to do, but it takes a lot of work <laughs> essentially so we, we talk a lot about how to how to reprogram those narratives both in terms of how we talk and think about ourselves but also how we think about other people so we sort of start with us just us then we branch out to the people in our lives and then we branch out more broadly to the way that we relate to the, to the wider world mm-hmm and did you want to talk about the business you have with your husband? Sure, yeah. So we do uh, graphic design and communications consulting, and we work primarily with nonprofit organizations. So we 
do a lot of work with in social justice and criminal justice reform. And um, we work with a wonderful program that support is called Jeremiah program that supports um, single mothers uh, living in poverty. And they focus on disrupting the cycle of poverty two generations at a time by supporting moms and kids. It's a, just an awesome program that I highly encourage folks to check out. Um, so yeah, we, we do a lot of different a lot of different support a lot of different really amazing organizations and we've been very lucky to to have uh, the opportunity to do that you sound like busy busy people we are busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> what made you decide to attend the she podcast live conference well i attended the very first one in atlanta and i totally loved it and i'm just you know such a huge fan of um jess and elsie i think that they're incredibly inspiring and I am so impressed with the way that they've brought a um, diversity equity and inclusion lens to this conference it's really like a cut above um, and so yeah I just and I applied to speak and got accepted and so I thought okay well that's a reason to take a trip to Arizona in uh, you know right before winter hits out <laughs> out east to get a little bit of sun so um, yeah I was really excited to be accepted and honored that I get to speak here yeah and extend your summer that's right <laughs> Um, what are you hoping to gain from attending the conference? Do you have any goals for this weekend? Yeah, I definitely wanted to get inspired, which I, you know, it's only really the full of uh, the end of official day one. And I definitely feel like that's happened. So like I said, I had wound down feminist hot dog over the summer was kind of gearing up to do Reva, um, the Reva podcast, uh, hangover liberation society. And I think I just felt, I really need like a shot in the arm, you know, uh, kind of a reminder of why, um, why podcasting is so great, why I want to do this and just to get some new ideas because I had been, you know, I've been out of the game for a couple of months and, um, was just kind of like, do I really want to start, you know, the responsibility of all of this again? So I think it's been, um, a great way to kind of reset, refocus, get, um, excited and sort of tap back into my podcasting passion. And because you're a speaker, has that helped you to get re-inspired in some way? Yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm excited about speaking, but honestly, this is the easiest presentation I'll ever give because it's I just am going to like I could talk about this like all day long. <laughs> you know, it's like my favorite thing to talk about. So, um, so it's not like I had to do. We definitely prepared, but it's it wasn't the first time I spoke at She Podcast. It was like I prepared for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and it was like really big deal. This is a big deal, but um, in it, I'm I'm coming at it from a very very different place where it's just more like I'm hoping just have a conversation with people. And I think that's excellent for this type of uh, a conference, yeah, know, podcasting yeah. and just showing people. It's this easy to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. so exactly. That's, that's helpful. Uh, what plans do you have for this uh, new podcast? So I think we are going to keep it really short. That's one of the one of the plans is aiming for 20 to 25 minute episodes. And we'll have guests, but I think it's mostly going to be Aaron and I exploring some of the different topics that we cover in our uh, in our program. We're always going to have a little meditation element to it. So I'm, I teach the meditation portion of our coaching program. So we'll incorporate a meditation in every episode. And we also just are, we have um, an expression that we talk about 
which is big, sober energy. So we'll have like a little big, sober energy tip um, in every episode. And we just want to really bring in, you know, books and other podcasts and films and other sort of recovery related stuff that we're encountering and talk about that. And I feel like um, there are a lot of podcasts, recovery podcasts out there that basically only dwell on recovery stories. And I think that's kind of been covered. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. that we need necessarily need that, although I think those are important. So I would like to just really think about, there's a, a great book that came out last year called The Sober, what's it called? The Sober Lush that talks about having um, a really lush life in recovery where you still like really live big and sort of lean into being, you know, decadent and extravagant and, and um, eating good food and traveling and music and all this kind of stuff. So I'd like to really tap into that idea and, and sort of model that through the podcast and, you know, talk about recovery stuff that's fun and not all about just like remembering the horrible things that we did when we, <laughs> when we were drunk or high, um, but rather like look at all the awesome things that we're doing now that we're not celebrating. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, so where can people find and connect with you, find out more about your program and get involved? Yeah, so we are very active on Instagram. So you can follow uh, Rever Recovery on Instagram. And um, Feminist Hot Dog is on Instagram as well, although I'm less active on there now that the, the podcast is over. And yeah, reverrecovery.com is our website. And we have a yeah, just a contact form. Anybody who wants to learn more about the, uh, that program is welcome to book a call with us. It's totally free. We call it a visioning session because we always want to, we always want to start with where they want to be. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about where you want to be. And then we map backward from there to talk about the steps that it's going to take to get you there. And they can work with you online. They don't have to be with you in person. Is that right? Right. All of our students are online. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Adrian, so much for being with us today. Yeah, and it was a real, life. real pleasure. I am glad that we bumped into each other. Thanks yes. For, thanks for having me. Yes. Enjoy the rest of the conference, thank and you. I hope that we'll work together again sometime in the future. I hope so too. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for the Messages and Methods She Podcast Conference Interview Series with Shelley Carney, produced by Toby Eunice. Please subscribe. Leave a great review and look for our compilation book on Amazon soon. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a fabulous podcaster at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content. Check the show notes for links and resources and please enjoy all our wonderful podcast episodes. Music